3: Breaking news in the home invasion of Speaker Nancy Pelosi. What we're learning tonight about her husband's hospitalization and his surgery after being brutally attacked.
4: The suspect pulled
5: the hammer away from Ms. Pelosi and violently assaulted him with it.
3: The shocking details after a 42 year old man allegedly breaks into Pelosi's home, asking, Where is Nancy? Tonight, the new Homeland Security warning for other politicians. Elon Musk's Twitter takeover. With Donald Trump's account be reinstated? CBS's Jonathan Vigliotti reports. With Halloween weekend upon us, CBS's Carter Evans reports on the trick-or-treat awaiting your wallet.
6: It's not just candy. Pumpkin prices are also on the rise.
3: Tom Brady and Giselle divorce. New details about the end of the power couple's 13-year marriage during a tumultuous season for Brady our exclusive interview with U2's frontman. We visit Bono's hometown of Dublin. And Steve Hartman's on the road with the high schoolers important mission.
4: This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting from the nation's capital.
3: Good evening and thank you for joining us on this busy Friday. We want to begin with breaking news from San Francisco and new details about the condition of the husband of the Speaker of the House, Nancy Pelosi. The 82-year-old is out of surgery tonight. His doctors say the effort to repair a skull fracture was successful. His right arm and hands were also seriously injured after a horrifying attack with a hammer inside the couple's home. Nancy Pelosi was here in Washington at the time of the attack, but she quickly flew across the country to Paul Pelosi's hospital bedside today. The suspect is in custody after police say he smashed into Pelosi's home and demanded to see the speaker. The 42-year-old is now facing attempted murder charges. The brutal attack comes 11 days before the midterm elections, with political tensions running high and law enforcement now warning of potential violence in the run-up to Election Day. The attack has. REIGNITED CALLS FOR ADDITIONAL PROTECTIONS FOR FAMILY MEMBERS OF AMERICA'S LEADERS. WE BEGIN WITH CBS'S SCOTT MCFARLAND ON CAPITOL HILL. GOOD EVENING, SCOTT.
7: Nora. GOOD EVENING. 21 MONTHS AFTER RIOTERS STORMED THE U.S. CAPITOL, SOME YELLING, WHERE'S NANCY? A CALIFORNIA man's ACCUSED OF STORMING HER HOUSE, ATTACKING HER HUSBAND AND ASKING, WHERE'S NANCY? POLICE FIRST RESPONDED TO THE BREAK-IN AT 2.27 A.M. INSIDE THE PELOSI HOME IN THE wealthy PACIFIC HEIGHTS NEIGHBORHOOD OF SAN FRANCISCO. Broadway, right across of Scott and Normandy for his wife. Police say David DePape, a 42-year-old from nearby Berkeley, broke through the back door with a hammer, the broken glass still visible today, then allegedly attacked Paul Pelosi and yelled, where's Nancy? Our officers observed Mr. Pelosi and the suspect both holding a hammer. The suspect pulled the hammer away from Mr. Pelosi and violently assaulted him with it. Sources say the 82-year-old Pelosi, who's been married to Nancy Pelosi for nearly 60 years, was hit several times in the head with a hammer, and one blow was significant. The Speaker's office said he underwent surgery this afternoon to repair a skull fracture and serious injuries to his right arm and hands. A motive hasn't been determined, but sources tell CBS News it was a targeted attack and that DePape intended to tie up Paul Pelosi and wait for the House Speaker's return. Our CBS San Francisco station is outside the home.
6: At the time of the attack, there was no security here at the house. Speaker Pelosi was out of town. She travels with a Capitol Police detail. And had she been here, that security would have been on hand when DiPepi allegedly approached.
7: A CBS News review of suspected social media posts by David DePape show him spreading conspiracy theories about Holocaust denial, pedophiles in the government, and claims the Democratic officials run child sex rings.
3: It it gives me the chills.
7: Michigan Democrat Debbie Dingell knows Paul Pelosi well.
3: And what you've seen happen with Paul Pelosi is something that could happen to anybody that's serving in public office. And I don't care if they're Republican or Democrat it's
8: becoming too commonplace.
7: The Pelosi home has been targeted before, vandalized last year with spray paint, a pig's head, and fake blood. And this morning's attack has echoes of January 6th. When rioters went looking specifically for Pelosi.
0: Where are you, Nancy? We're looking for you.
7: The speaker is also mentioned in more than 350 Republican campaign ads, some with violent undertones. I'm going to Washington to stop the Pelosi agenda. Former Capitol Police Chief Kim Dine said the vitriol uh, question, is leading to more threats. Would, uh, tend to believe it's uh, at least in part a function of the the, the rhetoric, the social and political rhetoric uh, that has taken place nationally. In a statement tonight, Congressman Steve Scalise, who was shot by an attacker five years ago, says there's no place for violence in the country and that he's praying for Pelosi. As for the alleged attacker, he's hospitalized and facing a series of felonies. Nora.
3: Scott McFarlane, thanks for your reporting. Well, tonight, there is a new warning from law enforcement of a heightened threat to the midterm elections, and there's new questions about the safety of elected officials. I want to bring in CBS's chief justice correspondent, Jeff Begays, who joins us now. All right, what are we learning about this new warning that's just gone out?
8: Well, it is a really complex threat environment right now, and it shows up in this joint intelligence bulletin. This document warns of a heightened threat fueled by a rise in domestic violent extremism driven by ideological grievances and potential. Potential targets, according to the document, include candidates running for public office, elected officials, workers, and others. The threat, they say, Nora, will continue even beyond this upcoming election.
3: And what about the discussion to try and protect lawmakers? Well,
8: one thing we've learned today is that Capitol Police are considering additional protection for families of congressional leadership. There will be immediate security enhancements at the homes of top leadership. And by the way, this isn't the first attempted attack. You know that this past summer, an attempted knife attack on New York gubernatorial candidate Lee Zeldin, not to mention the plot that was uncovered to attack Supreme Court Justice Brett Kavanaugh. Nora.
3: All right, Jeff Begayes, thank you. Tonight, Elon Musk is wasting no time putting his stamp on Twitter. He fired a number of top executives just after buying the company for $44 billion and taking it private. Musk has said he wants to bolster free speech. CBS's Jonathan Vigliotti on what that could mean for the social media giant.
9: Well, I think it's very important for uh, there to be an inclusive arena for free speech
4: it's been less than 24 hours since elon musk proclaimed himself chief twit and declared the bird is freed and already his vision for an uncaged twitter is coming into rapid focus among the three top executives who were reportedly fired yesterday is vijaya gaddy who oversaw twitter's policy on misinformation musk has been outspoken against censorship
0: Freedom of speech sounds gray on a whiteboard the actual you know, implementation of it is a lot more complex.
4: Musk previously said he'd lift the ban on Donald Trump, imposed last year by Twitter founder Jack Dorsey, who acknowledged to Congress misinformation about false election claims led to the January 6th insurrection. On Twitter, Musk announced he is forming a content moderation council before making any decisions on banned users, including Trump. Today, on his site, Truth Social, the former president praised Musk, saying Twitter is now in sane hands. Before closing on the $44 billion deal, Musk appeared excited, showing up to Twitter headquarters in San Francisco carrying a sink, later posting on Twitter, let that sink in. Many employees are reluctant
8: to speak on camera. As far as, like, internal messages, we haven't really gotten much.
4: Musk has reached out to advertisers, saying in a statement, Twitter obviously cannot become a free-for-all hellscape, where anything could be said with no consequences.
3: He realizes things could go very wrong, and that simply swiping away all of the rules does not make a, a kind of Garden of Eden for free speech.
4: And as concern continues over how Musk will fight misinformation, there has been at least one casualty tonight. CBS News can now confirm that General Motors will suspend temporarily all of its advertising on Twitter's platform. Nora.
3: That's interesting. Jonathan Bigliotti, thank you. Well, it was on Instagram that Tom Brady and Giselle Bündchen posted their big news today. The clock has run out on their storybook marriage. CBS's Manuel Borges on why the supermodel and Super Bowl champ decided to split. Giselle,
0: Giselle. Brady and Bündchen were one of the world's most glamorous couples. But after 13 years tonight, they're both single again. Rick Stroud is a sports writer for the Tampa Bay Times. This is a,
10: a very emotional time, and their lives are disruptive. Celebrity or not, it has a
0: profound impact on their families. Both posted on social media saying they arrived at the decision amicably and expressed gratitude for their time together. Give
8: her a kiss, Tommy!
0: According to the divorce filings obtained by TMZ, the couple said their marriage was irretrievably broken. Details of the property settlement are confidential, but according to People Magazine, Brady and Boonshen agreed to share custody of their two children. Together, their net worth is estimated at nearly 115 million with a portfolio of multiple properties, including a $17 million mansion they are building on Indian Creek Island, Florida.
10: Tom has handled it about as well as you can. Uh, Again, he hasn't spoken to it. He's given some glimpses.
0: The split comes months after the 45-year-old decided to return to football. During preseason, he left the team for personal reasons for 11 days.
10: I'm 45 years old, man, there's a lot of going on, so, you know, you just gotta try to figure out like the best you can.
0: Since then, Buncheon has been seen alone and recently told Al Magazine she worried about Brady getting hurt, saying, this is a very violent sport and I have my children and I would like him to be more present. Brady's comeback has been a struggle this season. Last night, his Tampa Bay Buccaneers lost their third game in a row. It's the first time a Brady-led team has done that in 20 years. He was hoping to go for his eighth NFL championship. Nora.
3: Manny Bohorkas, thank you so much. Tonight the CDC is out with new numbers and flu season has gotten off to an early start. It's happening as hospitals are filling up with children suffering from the respiratory illness known as RSV. Flu activity is at the highest in the south nationwide nearly 900,000 flu cases have been reported and at least 360 people have died including one child. All right, tonight there's been a major development in a cold case. The murders of two teenage girls rocked the small town of Delphi, Indiana, five years ago. And CBS's Roxana Saberi reports on the stunning break in the case that's baffled investigators.
9: Multiple sources tell our CBS affiliate WTTV that a man has been taken into custody in connection to the double murder investigation in Delphi, Indiana. 13-year-old Abigail Williams and 14-year-old Liberty German disappeared while walking on a popular trail in February 2017. Their bodies found the next day in a wooded area. Early Friday, German sister Kelsey tweeted, Just know how grateful I am for all of you. Today is the day. Before this, investigators released crucial clues. A Snapchat video from German's phone showing a man walking on a nearby bridge. And a distorted audio clip. Last year, German's grandmother remained confident an arrest would be made. Whether it be today or tomorrow, it's ticking. Technology is getting better and better and we're, we're going to get him. Investigators are promising more details at a news conference on Monday. Roxana Saberi, CBS News, Chicago.
3: Tonight, we're just days from what will likely be the most expensive Halloween ever. Americans are expected to spend $10.6 billion with everything from costumes to candy costing more. In tonight's Money Watch, CBS's Carter Evans has some tips on how to save money.
6: It's a clamor for costumes and Americans are buying a different kind of mask this year.
11: It is definitely saloon.
6: Nurse Kabari Miller was taking care of COVID patients last Halloween.
8: I think a lot of people feel more safe going out and like socializing. Oh, happy
6: Halloween. 69% of us are expected to celebrate this year, the most since the pandemic began, but people are on a tighter budget now. What's really frightening this Halloween? Inflation. Overall, candy prices are up 13 percent, in part due to high sugar costs. Some candy price increases are downright scary this year. Candy corn up 33 percent, Starburst up 35 percent, and Skittles up 42 percent. But in some cases, you're just paying for less thanks to shrinkflation.
2: It's really difficult to tell if the product has changed. We buy Halloween candy once a year, and now they have these oddball sizes. Who knows if they've changed since last year or not?
6: A comparison of these Hershey's Kisses shows the updated bigger bag actually has two ounces less. A Hershey spokesperson told us the packaging changes have been an industry practice for decades, and in this case, the changes to better store candy in the pantry. And pumpkin prices are also up this year, almost 12%. At Tina's Pumpkin Patch in Los Angeles, they reluctantly raised prices.
2: It's because every single facet of purchasing, shipping has gone up.
6: So where can you get a deal these days? Well, two national drugstore chains are offering buy one, get one deals on certain Halloween candy. That may be your best bet, or you could just give out quarters. Might be cheaper than candy. Nora.
3: Or hand out toothbrushes, Carter.
6: (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that'll work.
3: (laughs) No way. Absolutely not. Thank you. The front man for one of the biggest rock bands of the last 40 years is out with a new memoir, our interview with Bono, when we return.
1: CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car.
3: History sometimes forgets even the most horrifying events until someone comes along and sheds light on the truth. Tonight, Steve Hartman's on the road with a high schooler who's done just that.
10: I've never seen anything quite like it. Girl steps to a podium. Hi, everyone. Says her name.
11: I'm Sophie Klopfenberg.
10: And without uttering another word, gets an ovation. A standing ovation. So what did 17-year-old Sophie Kloppenberg do to deserve such respect here in Posey County, Indiana? She rectified an injustice, 144 years in the making. In 1878, after a rape allegation, seven black men were lynched here. Four of them hung directly outside the same county courthouse they never got to set foot in. It was the largest lynching in state history And yet the whole incident had been largely forgotten. Until Sophie heard about it. She started at the courthouse, looking for a plaque or any mention whatsoever.
11: Nothing on that courthouse square and no public acknowledgement of what happened.
10: Maybe people didn't want to remember.
11: Mm -hmm. I'm sure people don't want to remember because it's hard to remember tough things, but it's unacceptable to just forget.
3: It's
10: also unrealistic to expect others to care as much about the issue as she did. Posey County is more than 95% white. Erecting a reminder to a racist past wasn't exactly a high priority around here.
11: Thank you all very much.
10: But that didn't stop Sophie from appealing to the county commissioners, repeatedly. How passionate was she? Very. Commission President Bill Collins.
2: You would probably be hard pressed to find many seniors in high school anywhere in the country that would be willing to take on something like this.
11: Racism still exists.
10: And Bill says even fewer who could succeed.
11: I'm proud of Posey County, Indiana, and the beautiful people here. We're having the difficult conversations and giving a tangible voice to its minorities. Thank you.
10: Thanks to that diplomatic touch, this week, here in the heart of red America, 144 years after that mob gathered in the square, another crowd formed on the very same spot. This time, to watch Sophie unveil a memorial bench and historical marker, formally acknowledging the past and celebrating the progress. Steve Hartman, on the road, in Mount Vernon, Indiana.
3: So proud of you, Sophie. We'll be right back. We end tonight with historic change to pocket change in the UK. The first coins featuring the face of King Charles are now being produced by the Royal Mint in Wales. On the flip side of the 50 pence coin is a tribute to the late monarch Queen Elizabeth, a design that originally appeared on her 1953 coronation crown. The new coin, approved by the king, goes into circulation in December. And that is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell. We'll see you on CBS Sunday morning. Until then, good night and have a great weekend.
5: Hi, it's Stephen Colbert, and I'm here to tell you about the Late Show Pod Show, which is the podcast of The Late Show with me, Stephen Colbert. And I'm here with my uh, producer of the podcast, Becca. Hi, Becca. Hi, Stephen. Sure, I responded to everything because responding to you putting reruns up on the podcast was like a form of employment. Yeah, I felt like I had something to get up for every day. So thank you for that. Listen to The Late Show Pod Show with Stephen Colbert wherever you get your podcasts.
11: It was the biggest scandal in pop music. The stars of Milli Vanilli, the Grammy-winning multi-platinum R&B phenomenon, were exposed as frauds. But none of this was their idea.